0: Whatever it is your greatest joy, you need to put on the altar. You need to give to God. Give it over to God. And until you do, you will never be able to consecrate yourself. Romans chapter 12. I know we've already read these two verses. Brother Howard led us in the reading. But they're so good. I would like if you could read them with me once more. Keep your seats Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, let's begin. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This uh, is a wonderful passage of Scripture, and Christians throughout the years have loved it, meditated on it, memorized it, applied it to their lives. It's been preached in countless sermons. Um, I don't think I can add any new truth to it here today, but it is a great truth we need to be reminded of. And I would suggest to you that, Uh, One of the key words in this passage is actually in verse 2. It's the word transformed. It's the word transformed, and it refers to a total transformation. It doesn't mean adding a new coat of paint to something. It doesn't mean adding makeup to something. It means a total transformation, a metamorphosis. And they say this is exactly what happens to a caterpillar when it turns into a butterfly. I think we're all familiar with that, aren't we? We know that caterpillars usually turn into butterflies, at least the kind that we're talking about today sure do. There's a humorous story about these two caterpillars that were both walking along, you know, the edge of a, a branch. They were going out toward a leaf to eat it. And as they were both walking they looked up, and above them was a butterfly. And the butterfly was sailing past them. And the two of them saw this butterfly. And one looked at the other and said, you'd never get me up in one of those things. No, not in a million years. Oh, that was the other shoe that dropped. Yeah, well, that was the, my attempt at humor. Humor. Because the butterflies, you know, they, they... Do you know how a butterfly, a caterpillar, turns into a butterfly? It starts, it goes into the cocoon, right? Do you know what happens in there? Digestive juices break down everything. That caterpillar gets broken down to all its enzymes. It's just a soup, a mush, except for four or five tiny little discs And in those disks contain all of the DNA that uh, it needs to put itself back together. So from a caterpillar, it goes into a mushy soup. And then those little disks start giving the directions, putting the atoms together, and uh, building uh, eyes and antennas and wings and legs and things like that in the body. And after a period of time, it works itself out of the cocoon, and it's a, a butterfly, And that's how it happens. But it has to go through a total transformation, a total change. So it dissolves itself and rebuilds itself into a butterfly. That's how they change from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And so God is offering to us today, to you and to me, to go through a similar change from being worldly-minded to being heavenly-minded, from being, I don't know, a useless, non-fruitful Christian to being a useful, fruitful, fruit-bearing Christian. You can go through a total transformation. As a caterpillar totally turns into a butterfly, you can find a whole new purpose to life by undergoing this total transformation. Remember, we're not talking about adding a coat of paint. Well, you've got problems. Uh, this is what you need to do. We'll add some Christian paint to you. There, that looks better. That's not what God thinks is acceptable. What God thinks is acceptable and what you and I think are, is acceptable can be two different things. God sees the inside. He sees the heart. He knows that we need a total transformation. How does that happen? It begins with consecration. It begins with giving ourselves. And that's what it teaches us here in these two verses, that we are to present our bodies. We're to give ourselves. When was the last time you got on your knees and gave your body to God? Now, that's a new concept for some Christians. They say, I didn't know I was supposed to. Have you ever read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? Because it tells us right there. This is a great secret to Christian power and Christian usefulness and fruitfulness and to Christian greatness. It's going through this transformation. And so we're going to look at that today in a little more detail. And we're going to give each and everyone an opportunity to come and get on their knees and say, here am I, Lord, please totally change me. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. I give myself to you today. Use me according to your will. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And from this day forward, Lord, use me. Make a new creature out of me, whatever you need to do. But make my life acceptable in your sight. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, help us now for these next... Uh, moments, minutes that we uh, examine this subject. Spirit of God, please prepare our hearts to be able to present ourselves to you. Father God, I thank you for each and every one that's here today. I thank you for everyone who's watching this very moment. I pray, Father, that you would work in all of our hearts. Father, work in my heart too and give to me the desire to live for you because one day... Whether it be today, next month, this year, or whenever, one day we're all going to stand before you if we know Christ as Savior. We're going to stand before you and give account of our lives, and we sure don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to mess things up. It's too critical, too important. We have one life. That's all we have. We've been given one life. Help us to make the most of it. Whether we have days or years ahead, it doesn't matter. Help us to make a good decision today that will result in you being glorified. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 speaks of consecration. Consecration will give us a new purpose for our lives. Christians who do not consecrate themselves, they go from day to day doing their own thing, thinking their own thoughts, and then they show up on Sunday, and then they do it all over again the week after, There's nothing ever new, per se. There's no intervention of God. They can never sense the the hand of God leading and guiding them because there's no consecration. God is not a, um, I don't know, a, a mean, forceful person. He will not force his will on anyone. It's like salvation. The door of salvation is Jesus Christ. He is the door. He's not forced on anyone. People the world over have the decision to make. Yes, they'll receive Christ as Savior. No, they won't receive Christ as Savior. It's up to them. But what are the benefits and the consequences of either receiving or rejecting Christ? That's the important thing. And same for us. What are the consequences or the benefits to not consecrating ourselves compared to consecrating ourselves? That's what we want to talk about today And it's very important that we realize that our lives can be repurposed. This year, 2024, can be your greatest, your best ever, if you'll start it right. I want to tell you a story that happened a number of years ago in the United States. Perhaps uh, you've heard of the Ku Klux Klan. Anyone? Have you heard of the Ku Klux Klan? Raise your hand if you've heard of it. Okay, no problem. How many have never heard of the Ku Klux Klan? Raise your hand. You've never heard of it. Okay, fine. No problem. The Ku Klux Klan is an organized hate group. Um, They began in 1865 in the southern United States. The name Ku Klux Klan means a family, a tribe, or possibly even a circle. It gives you that idea. Its membership at one time in 1925 reached 6 million members. Today, though, it's dwindled down, but there are still 8,000 registered members of the Ku Klux Klan. So, decades ago, the American Red Cross... By the way, do you have that picture? Put that picture up for just a moment. That's the Ku Klux Klan. Has anyone ever seen a picture like that before? Okay. Uh, They're a hate group. Okay, you can put it away. And they aim their hate at African Americans. Now, in the States, they know the Ku Klux Klan. It's well-known. It's not very well-known here in Canada. But it is really well known in the States. They're a hate group. And the American Red Cross, a few decades ago, they were putting together boxes of supplies to send to Biafra, uh, the African nation of Biafra. And they were putting together humanitarian supplies. They received a donation with a note that said, We have recently converted to Jesus Christ. And because of our conversion, we want to try and help. We won't need these anymore. Can you use them for something? And in the box were several Ku Klux Klan hoods and sheets. Just like that picture you saw. These people got saved. They got converted to Jesus Christ. It changed their lives And they realized, we don't want this lifestyle anymore. We don't want to have anything to do with hate. We want to love our brothers, not hate them. And so, those who were born again, packaged up into a box, their Ku Klux Klan uniforms, their outfits, and they sent them to the American Red Cross. The American Red Cross got these, and really they were in great condition. They were white sheets. And so... They, uh, they, they took these sheets and they cut them into strips for bandages. And later the Red Cross used those bandages to bind the wounds of Africans who had desperate need of medical attention. Now, isn't that an ir- irony? But you see, those hoods, those masks, those disguises, they found a new purpose when the people got saved. In Jesus Christ, you can have a new life, a new purpose. Maybe you were saved recently. Maybe you were saved many years ago. But how is your Christian life going? Without consecration is pretty ho-hum. You're sort of like the caterpillar. You haven't changed into the butterfly yet. And that can happen. And so in this little story I told you, the members of the Ku Klux Klan who got saved found a better use for the white sheets. The power of Christ changed them from the power of hate to the power of healing and helping and love. And when a Christian consecrates himself or herself to Jesus Christ, they will find a new use for their life, for their talents, for their treasures, consecration changes you like a butter a caterpillar is changed into a butterfly now i'd like to take a little deeper look a deeper understanding at consecration and what it means the word consecrate means giving yourself the word dedicate means to give something out of your hand like you would dedicate your car dedicate your house you can walk away from these things but you can't walk away from yourself because you're in the body. So what you do is you consecrate that. So that's the idea, the meaning of consecration. Is you, you make sacred. You come together with your body and make sacred. This is sort of the, the idea. So consecration, we're speaking of bringing yourself to God. And everything that is connected with you. You're bringing it to the feet of Jesus Christ. To give yourself to him. And become his special Agent on earth. You're not in heaven yet. You're still on earth. You're born again. You're saved. Praise the Lord. You're going to be in heaven one day. Hallelujah. But that day isn't yet. Maybe it'll be this week. Maybe it'll be next year. We don't know. But you will be in heaven. For now, you're on earth. So what do you do? You become God's servant on earth, you become His servant or His handmaid. Or what have you. But you become his agent here on earth. And it's done through consecration. Now you look at it again. In verse 1. You see it on about the second line down of verse 1. It says acceptable unto God. See the word acceptable? And go to verse 2. Again maybe the second line from the bottom of the verse. Uh, acceptable. There's the acceptable perfect will of God. Acceptable. Acceptable. Acceptable with who? Acceptable with God. God's will is acceptable with God. Does that make sense? Is our will always acceptable with God? Yes or no? No, it's not. Now, I'll give you a little idea here what I'm talking about. With God, our lives can be acceptable if we are living for him, if we're doing his will. That comes through consecration. So our lives can be acceptable. If I were to ask you, do you want your life to be acceptable with God? You would probably say to me, yes, I do. Now, maybe someone doesn't really, but they would think, well, pastor doesn't want to hear that. So I'll just tell him yes. So that, that could be you know, what, what someone might say. But I think most of us would say, yes, I want my life to be acceptable. Well, then let me ask you this. What if we don't consecrate ourselves? Then what? Will our lives be acceptable with God? Because this is actually taught from some of these internet preachers and from some pulpits in some churches that it doesn't matter how you live your life. God still loves you, baby. And everything's going to be peachy, hunky-dory. And that's not true. Biblically, it's not true. We see here in the end of verse 2 that he may prove what is that that, uh, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. So in the eyes of God, if we don't consecrate ourselves, if we don't give ourselves to God... Our lives, will they be acceptable in God's eyes? And I would venture the answer is no. Because what is acceptable is God's will. Do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? Yes? You can nod at me, yes? And they both brought some offerings to God. Do you remember that? you remember the story? Yes? And what did Abel bring to God what was it a lamb you know and what did Cain bring to God vegetables fruit whatever it was which one of them was acceptable to God Abel's lamb what happened to Cain i mean what was wrong with with his vegetables his squash his pumpkins what was wrong with some of the wheat and the corn what was wrong with that stuff that he brought? Wasn't it any good? Was it poisonous? It wasn't poisonous. It was good food for us, but is it what God wanted? God accepted Abel's and rejected Cain's. If you and I do not consecrate ourselves to God, we're bringing to God what he doesn't want us to bring. And I'll tell you, there's acceptable, and then there is... Tolerable. It's not acceptable. It's just tolerable. Now is your Christian life acceptable to God? Or is it tolerable to God? Because I'll tell you there's one more. If it's not acceptable and it's not tolerable, it's rejectable. Acceptable, tolerable, rejectable. We, what kind of life are we living? If we consecrate ourselves to God like Abel did, we will bring to God a life that is acceptable because it's his perfect will. If we do not consecrate ourselves to God, we go on living day by day, you know, trying to make our own decisions, do our own thing. At the very best, it can just be tolerable. Tolerable means you're not going to get any rewards in heaven tolerable means you're going to disqualify yourself from any extra blessings and rewards here on earth and of course if you backslide that's rejectable totally rejectable and so what kind of life are we living what what kind of life do we want for 2024 because what you what you decide is what is is going to give you your outcome. It's not so much what you want, it's the decision you make. You can want something all day long, but until you make a decision to get it, you're not going to ever get it. It's not going to happen. Oh, I want, I want, I want, I want. Good. What are you doing about it? Nothing. You need to make a decision. Make a decision in your heart today. You know, Joshua, in chapter 24, near the very end of his life, he stood before all of the Israelites and he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Right? And he rattled off, you know, some of the different pagan gods that were very popular. Who are you going to serve? But then what did he say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made that decision. That's consecration. That's what we need, folks, for 2024. We need to consecrate ourselves. We need to make this decision in God's favor. Think of a marriage. Is the marriage acceptable? Is the marriage tolerable? Or is the marriage rejectable? Now, there are people living all three kinds of marriage. Isn't that right? There are some where the husband and wife get along great. That's acceptable. We have some where the husband and wife are always bickering and maybe fighting but yet they stay, remain married, that's tolerable. There's no joy, but they tolerate one another. And then, of course, there's those that you know pick up icy knives, want to kill each other. Well, that's rejectable. They end up in the divorce courts and so on. This picture actually is very important because in a perfect marriage... I'm not saying there's any perfect marriage. We can try for perfection, but in a perfect marriage, husband and wife love each other. They've chosen each other. They don't want anyone else. They want each other. They've committed to each other. He's not trying to see what he can get out of her, she's not trying to see what she can squeeze out of him. They give each other. They love each other and give each other. Now that would be a perfect marriage. We have in the book of Ephesians the picture of Christ and the church like a marriage. And Christ gave himself for the church. He loves the church. He died for the church. He has committed himself. And now the church is supposed to submit itself to Jesus Christ. That's a perfect relationship, wouldn't you say? So Jesus has already done his part and he continues to do his part in heaven praying for us. Now what are we going to do? What is our part today? What will we do? Will we consecrate ourselves and give ourselves to him and him only? Or are we going to try and do kind of a half a mind on Jesus and half a mind on the world? Because you know it doesn't work that way. Here's a married man. He's got half his mind on his wife and half his mind on the the secretary girl at work. Well, what kind of marriage is he going to have? Not a good one. He needs to be 100% for his wife. Wife needs to be 100% for her husband. So let's quickly take a look in the scripture at two men who consecrated themselves to God Turn, please, to the right to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll take a look at Abraham. Abraham is a good example of a man who has consecrated himself to the Lord. So take your Bible. Folks at home, take your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And... Let's see here. Verse number 8. Verse number 8. Do you have that? Hebrews eleven eight. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Look down at verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, that means the promises of a son, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now there's a lot of theology there that we don't have time to explain, but you get the gist of the idea. Here's a man, an ordinary man, called of God. What's he going to do? He has the call of God on his life. He answered God to follow God's unique will for his life because God had a unique will for the life of Abraham. Abraham left his country. He left his family relations. He separated himself from his worldly nephew, Lot. Lot went on down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Sad, isn't it? Is there any place on earth similar to Sodom and Gomorrah today? Possibly what? Las Vegas? Possibly Hollywood? Hollywood is a very, very immoral, worldly, dirty, corrupt industry. Know that. There's other countries in the world also that specialize in sin. Horrible, horrible sin. So there are a lot of places in the world. Lot would have gone to them. Abraham separated himself. From his worldly nephew. He gave up his plans for Ishmael. That was his first son. Born by his maid Hagar. If you remember the story. But that, you see that was Abraham and Sarah's idea. About getting a son. It wasn't God's idea. And God says no, no, no. You and Sarah are going to have the child. And they were up in their 90s. Finally when he was 100 and she was 90. That's when, that's when they had Isaac. Crazy, huh? And so, Abraham offered up his son Isaac. The name Isaac means laughter. It means joy because he was a joy, you know, a hilarious joy to his mom and his dad, to Abraham and Sarah. Now, this last act of faith, offering up Isaac, is something that God only ever asked one man to do. And that was Abraham. Abraham, yes, Lord, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Take him to a place I'll show you. Offer him up for a burnt sacrifice, a burnt offering. Abraham obeyed. It took him three days to get to that place. Three days he could have changed his mind. But he, he was faithful. And so God asked Abraham to offer up his son. But as Abraham was about to offer his son, God stopped him. He says, no, stop. Stop. And then God provided a male sheep, a fully grown male sheep called a ram. And then Abraham used that instead. Now this pictures, this pictures the, the greatest level of personal consecration ever. Absolutely the greatest level. Giving God your greatest joy. Isaac means joy. He was the greatest joy of Abraham. God asked Abraham, Give me your greatest joy. Abraham gave God his greatest joy. Believing that God was able to raise him from the dead, even right then and there. I'll put the knife in, he'll die, but God will raise him up. Because he said to the two servants before, he said, you guys stay here, the lad and I will go and worship, and we will return to you. That's what Abraham told those servants. So Abraham believed that God could raise him up. Now you need to ask yourself, greatest joy, what is my greatest joy? What might be your greatest joy? Is your greatest joy your children? It was in Abraham's case. Is your greatest joy your husband or your wife? Is your greatest joy your health? Is your greatest joy your job or your career or your hobbies? Or is it money? For many people, it's money is their greatest joy. Money, money, money. Whatever it is your greatest joy, you need to put on the altar. You need to give to God. Give it over to God. And until you do, you will never be able to consecrate yourself. There's going to be something in between you and God. There can't be anything or anyone. Maybe you've got some plans in your head for your future. Well, that's fine. But give them to God. Because I'll tell you what. If they're not God's will for your life, you will not be happy. Even if you realize your plans. You see that boy, I'm going to marry that. You see that girl, I'm going to marry that one. If it's God's will, go for it. But if it's not God's will, you're going to marry yourself into trouble. Trouble. I saw a cute cartoon of a, a, a candle. It was a lady candle, a young girl, a candle with her flame. You know what a candle looks like, with the flame out the top. And she's standing on the side of the road, and here's this thuggish, motorcyclist, who is a fire extinguisher. And he's on the, the Harley motorcycle. Nothing wrong with Harleys, I wish I had one. But he's on the, the Harley, and she's just, oh, so smitten by this hunky guy in the black leather jacket. He's a fire extinguisher. Here she's gonna marry the candle's gonna marry the fire extinguisher. Sitting on the park bench right behind the candle girl is this box of matches weeping that she's left him and she's, he could light her flame. They're a perfect match for each other. Oh, she got her eyes on the fire extinguisher. You get your eyes on the wrong person to marry, you'll get your candle put out in a hurry. And it happens. Sadly, it happens. What you want is God's choice, God's will, because he wants you to be happy. He wants you to enjoy life. But 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 if I give God my, my plans for my future, maybe God will crush me and force me to be something I don't want to be. That's the devil putting that thought in your head. You give your plans, your future, your greatest joy. You give those things over to God. You consecrate them into God's hands. Especially if you have children... I'll tell you who can take better care of your children than you. It's God. God can take better care of your kids, your husband, your wife. God can do a far better job at not only taking care of them, but ladies, God can even change your husband's mind. How about that? He can change your husband's heart and mind about something. Whereas try as you may, you won't get any. It'll just get harder. Consecrate. Consecrate. Give your greatest joy to God. We have a great example here. Great man here. Abraham. Quickly, uh, look in chapter 11. Look at verse 24. I want you to see the second man. Verse 24. By faith, Moses. Here's the second man. When he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You all know the story of Moses with the basket as a baby. Remember? Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out. He ends up being her adopted son. He grows up, but when he comes to years, he's a young man. I don't know how old he was, but he was growing up here. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Notice sin has pleasure, but it's only for a season. If you've ever been a bit of a clever devil or a rascal, and you've gone and gotten yourself drunk or gotten yourself high or something like that, there is pleasure in sin for a season. But after that comes the withdrawal. After that comes the morning after and the sicknesses and so on and so forth. Yes, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Doesn't last long and there's consequences. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Wow. Here's a great man here. He's a great example of a man who consecrated himself to God. Like Abraham did, so did Moses. Look back a few pages, (coughs) please, to Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter number 7, and we're done in just a minute here. Acts chapter 7, just a couple more words on Moses. Acts chapter 7, please look at verse 30. Acts 7 verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him, that's to Moses, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, a voice, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off Thy shoes from thy feet. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt. I've heard their groanings and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. It's as if Moses found holy ground. Really. In his consecration, he consecrated himself to the Lord. I know there was a little bit of a dialogue between him and God, but... At the end of the day, he was a consecrated man at this point. In a few minutes, we are going to offer everyone here today an opportunity to come and consecrate yourself to God. Bring your bookmark too. I think you're going to need it. Your bookmark is going to be a reminder of your consecration. When you sign at the bottom, it's a reminder of what you're doing for God today. You're consecrating yourself for Him. Please remember that for a Christian to not consecrate himself or herself means that there's no heaven-sent purpose on your life. You don't have a life that's acceptable with God. You have a life that at best is just tolerable with God. That's what you have. You'll wander aimlessly in life from month to month and year to year without any fruit, without accomplishing anything really for God and for his kingdom. Have you ever heard the story of the pencil maker? The story goes like this. A pencil maker making pencils. He took one pencil before he put it in the box, he picked it up, he looked at it, he said to the pencil, there are five things that you need to know in life. And if you do these five things, you will be the best pencil that you can possibly be. Always remember these, never forget them. He said to the pencil, number one, you will be able to do Many great things. But only if you allow yourself to be held in someone's hand. Only then will you be able to do great things. Number two, you will experience a painful sharpening from time to time. But you'll need that in order to make you a better pencil. Number three, I will attach to the end A little friend called an eraser. And this eraser will enable you to correct mistakes that you might make. Number four. The most important part of you is what's on the inside, not what's seen on the outside. The most important part is what's on the inside of you. And number five. And don't forget this, on every surface that you are used, you must do your job and leave your pencil mark. No matter what the condition, you must continue to write. And the pencil understood what the pencil maker told him and went into the box with purpose and became the best pencil it could possibly be. And that's the story of the pencil maker. Now, what you need to do is replace the pencil with yourself. And there are five things that you need to bear in mind if you want to be the best Christian you can possibly be in 2024. There are five things you need to remember. Number one, you will be able to do many great things, but only if you allow yourself to be held in God's hand. Number two, you will experience painful sharpenings from time to time by going through various problems in life, but you need those in order to make you a stronger, wiser, better person. Number three, God has attached to you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will help you to correct any mistake that you happen to make. Number four, the most important part of you is not what is seen on the outside. The most important part of you is what's on the inside of you. Never forget that. And number five, on every surface that you walk through in life, you must live for Jesus. You must do your duty, do your job. You've been created to live for Jesus. No matter what the situation, you must continue to do your God-given duty and let your light shine. Do this and you'll be the best Christian you can possibly be in 2024. And this is why we need to start today and consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Does that make sense now? I hope that it is the desire of your heart to consecrate yourself to the Lord. Because, know this right off the bat. You got Cain and Abel. One of them was consecrated, one of them wasn't. Now, I know that Cain was even unsaved. I realize that. But which one did the will of God? Which one was acceptable in God's eyes? And you know the answer it's Abel. And he just did what God told him to do, he brought to God what God said to bring. Cain, on the other hand, had his own thoughts, his own ideas, his own plans, his own agenda. It wasn't acceptable. God rejected it. You and I have this opportunity today at the beginning. This is the doorway to 2024. We have just come through the door. Here we are. What are we going to do? What do we need to do is consecrate ourselves. And on the invitation, I want you to come. Bring your bookmark and a pen, a little pen in the back of the chair. I want you to find a little bit of holy ground and get on your knees and pray. And pray something like, Lord, I know I'm not much, but you made me. You saved me. I am your child. I want to be the best I can possibly be this year if you'll have me. Lord, use me. I consecrate myself. I give my greatest joys to you. You take my life and let it be wholly consecrated Lord to thee. Romans 12, 1-2, right? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable And perfect will of God. Would you stand to your feet, please, as we have a word of prayer together? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.